Life is sweet. Let it sweep you off your feet. Hi, you're listening to Find Your Joy. If you're looking for ways to thrive rather than survive in a world that can seem rather chaotic, you're in the right place. We will be sharing stories of our own as well as those from guests who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them. I'm Allie, author of The Art of Healing Trauma, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. Hi, I'm Allie, and this is Find Your Joy. And oh my gosh, are you in for a treat today? I'm in for a treat because I'm just getting to know the fabulous Lynn Himmelman. And Lynn is a life transformation mentor. And what I'm excited to hear all about, she's a laughter champion. Who even knew there was such a thing? And she tells me that laughter and forgiveness are her shtick. Lynn, welcome. Thank you. I I don't even know where to start. I'm so excited about this. So um, can we just go right for the laughter and forgiveness being your shtick? And, and sure. tell me about that. <laughs> well, I was living on the other side of the fence in terms of joy, which is I know what you're all about. I was pretty miserable, depressed, and I was out there trying all the different healing modalities. And at the age of 43, I gave up. I went, I am the unhelpable anomaly. Case closed. I'm just going to have to stay miserable. And then... Along came this very awesome way of forgiveness that I had never encountered before. I had tried the whole forgiveness thing. You know, I'd already written it off. Now that doesn't work either. But this one was quite different. It involves using a mirror. It involves using your eyes. It involves using uh, meridian pathways on the body, opening things up so that you have this interesting communication going on between your conscious and your unconscious. And as a result, you're able to uncover and reveal and then very quickly heal really deep-seated traumas, which I was not aware I had been carrying forward for a very long time. And so that was that was a huge, huge release in a matter of five weeks. And so I wow. like to talk about forgiveness because a lot of things are misunderstood about what it really is and how it really works. And uh, so, you know, that's something that we could discuss. And then yes. uh, a few years later, along came the laughing. Well, I, when, when I when I completed all this forgiving and all the trauma and the anger and the disappointment and all this stuff had been released from my system, I was feeling better. People were noticing that I was much lighter and happier, but as an introvert, I was still very quiet and not fully expressive outwardly of what my true feelings were. I was enjoying them. And um, so laughter uh, was something that I get introduced to because I was a, a, a certified a yoga teacher and some friends invited me to come and meet this man, Dr. Madan Kataria, who had started this thing called Laughter Yoga. And I hated it. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't expecting that. 
love that okay <laughs> <laughs> because as a as a as an introvert and a, a highly sensitive individual i found it really too large and too disruptive for my very sensitive constitution but what i did but at the same time there was some kind of wisdom mm. inside of me that knew this was the next piece that i needed so i mm. kind of tiptoed in Part of me very skeptical, part of me going, "Eh, you know what? This is going to be good for you. And uh, little did I know that it was going to become my shtick and that I was going to be like out there. Now my whole thing is I want everybody to catch this infection because it is something that you don't have to be scared of. And we need, especially now, a laugh-a-demic. A laugh-a-demic. Oh, my gosh. The, oh. And how, <laughs> yes, how perfect. How wonderful. I love it. A laugh-a-demic. <laughs> oh, sign me up. And I don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> and why? We need it because there's an epidemic of taking life far too seriously. Yes. And along with that, taking ourselves far too seriously. And I was guilty of that for a long time, taking myself too seriously and expending way too much energy trying to get other people to take me seriously as well. And at the end of the day, I was not a happy camper because people were not really getting me or taking me seriously. And I kept looking for that accolades from others to even accept myself. Right, and that's right. that's that's a real tragedy that, you know, we've got things turned around backwards and we keep thinking that in order to fully embrace who we are and love who we are and what we have to offer, that we've got to get all the um, recognition first. It doesn't work that way. No. That is what I learned. Yeah, but it sure feels like that, doesn't it? It can really mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, I just think of Sally Fields at the Oscars. They like me. They really like me. And I think, <laughs> you know, so often, many of us, whether we like to admit it or not, um, every you know, we want to be liked and we want to be accepted. And it's just the reality is, is that it's an inside job. It's an inside job. The more we come to like and love ourselves, yes. the more it shows up yes. all around us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So tell I, so I, I, I just have to know. So the laughter championships and how, so where did you go with this? How did you get into this laughter thing? You did the yoga <laughs> part, and then now you're like a full-fledged card-carrying member of the laughter club. So how, <laughs> how did that? <laughs> Three times laughter champion of Toronto. Oh, my gosh. My big so, claim to fame, you know. Two degrees later, this is my claim to fame. That's right. So so tell me about that. Just just even briefly, if you will, how does a laughter championship even work? Like, we, you are you face-to-face with another? Like, how does this go? Well, the very first ones, pre-pandemic, 
occurred in person. I, I think the first one that I attended was in 2009, and it was it was hosted by a, a, a filmmaker from Montreal named Albert Nuremberg. He's out there. He's a fun guy to look up, and, and he's going to be hosting the World Championships online uh, down the road. I can't remember the exact date. Yes. It's coming up. Sure, if you Google it, you'll find something. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so there were, first of all, there are local championships and then, and, and right now they haven't, they haven't blossomed back into, into in-person yet. Everything's online. Um, yes. uh, but I'm hopeful that they'll come back out in person again, because that was great. They would just get, you know, maybe about, maybe about 20 or 30 contestants who would be up on the stage, Mike, you know, in the center, big audience, and also a panel of judges. And then there's a whole different bunch of different categories of laughing. Like there's the diabolical laugh, the <laughs> knee slap laugh, <laughs> sexy laugh, all these different kinds of laughter. And so each contestant gets up in front of the mic and they do their version of it. And the whole idea is like how much are is it going to engage the audience? And so then the judges decide by audience response to each contestant whether or not they get to go on to the next category or not. And it's like a, you, the whole thing takes a couple of hours, right? So for the people who are laughing, <laughs> it is a workout, I tell you. Like, yes, I can imagine. When, <laughs> When you move laughter beyond its kind of what I call coach potato positioning, where we're just kind of casually, by chance, happen to laugh at something that was funny or struck us funny, like a piece of comedy or humor or a joke, that kind of laughing has huge limitations in terms of how much it's going to affect you in with your health, your happiness uh, and changing things up in your system physiologically and psychologically, because you can actually change up things with respect to your mental, emotional, and physical health. I'm taking notes at ferociously. <laughs> by taking laughter out of the box. That means instead of laughing for a few seconds at a time, which is what we normally do if we hear a joke or we see a comedian, right. you know, it's just a regular laugh erupts for about two or three seconds. A really good laugh erupts for a baby about 10 or 12 seconds. Well, in laughter yoga or in a laughter championship, you're going to be laughing for much broader, more extended periods of time, right? Where that laughter is going to go on for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? It really turns into like an Olympic sport. It takes and, and a lot this, of energy. Does this, so I can imagine, I mean, I know having in my life, of course, like the full belly, jaw hurts, tears pouring down your face, that yes. kind of laughter. And you try to come out of it. You try to control yourself to get back to whatever you're doing. And it just, it just erupts again and it's uncontrollable. If there's and, a few uh, of you, if there's a few of you, all you have to do is hear that little quirky sound <laughs> from someone else and it 
Oh, and it happens. It's so contagious. And and then I was thinking too, our culture is so much. Stop it. Like you're, you're at a restaurant together and I, it's not that I, sometimes if we're in a shared space area with other people, Mm -hmm. an automatic response is to keep it down. Keep it down. Yeah. Keep it down. Yeah. There's other people here. Keep it down. You don't want to bother them. Keep it down. Don't embarrass yourself. Keep it down. Keep it yeah. in. Keep it quiet. So when you're saying this, I'm I'm very excited. I this Lynn, this might be my new shtick. I'm this is <laughs> this sounds just absolutely. Well, this fabulous. is what laughter laughter yoga is creating like safe zones. Safe zones, safe rooms, safe places where you can go and just let your laughter rip. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so so that's just um and and so how does this connect or is this part of the puzzle? Maybe I should be that's a better way to ask that question. How does this connect with the forgiveness? Ah, okay. Well, I connected the two. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. I experienced both. And of course, when people come and work with me, looking for that personal growth, that next piece of their life transformation, they either come in through the laughter door and go out through the forgiveness door, or they come in through the forgiveness door and go out through the laughter door. Ah. But ultimately, the two weave together. For me, the way that I... Uh, I I vision them or I see them as, okay, we really want our life to take off. Like you're getting on a jet plane and going from A to B in a short period of time, putting laughter and forgiveness together actually creates that momentum. Not one, you know, one by itself can create some momentum. The other by itself can create some momentum. But when you put those two together, when you engage in both of those, it's it just escalates and speeds up everything. So it's like you're off on a jet plane, and those are the two wings that steady your life. Right, right. Oh, I love that. Now, when you very first started talking, it was um, you were talking about looking in the mirror and and checking all the points. And and it, are they? Is this all part of this? Well, I, I don't know. What am part I- of that whole process that I was explaining is is actually part of a uh, a trademarked process that was developed by a, a woman. Back, named Dr. Candace Blakely back in the early 80s. Uh, and she kept it behind closed doors for about 10 years, developing it in uni- university research settings and in the offices of an orthomolecular psychiatrist. And once she felt it was uh, dependable, repeatable, and teachable, then she brought it out into the public eye. And I just happened to stumble upon it at that point in time where I had given up on myself and considered myself the unhelpable anomaly after 20 years of trying all kinds of stuff. Yes. Right. And it was just like, okay, 20 years, you know, it's just like, uh, Mary asked, is it I guess there's nothing. And that was the thing. That was the thing that set me free. Right. May I ask, was that Abram Hoffer? Dr. Candace Blakely. No, sorry, the orthomolecular psychiatrist. Was that Abram, Dr. Hoffer? 
Dr. Abram Hoffer? No. Oh, okay. I cannot, I, I, remember, I cannot remember the name off the top of my head right now. It okay. wasn't, wasn't him. He was a pretty spectacular person. So I just okay. wondered if, I just want, and, and he was I like the, I think it was him. He and, was the and, father of orthomolecular medicine and he was a oh, psychiatrist. So, and he was actually, I'm in Victoria and he was actually in Victoria. So okay, he was okay, pretty okay. amazing. He was a pretty amazing guy. I got to meet him a few times. So, so anyways, I'm sorry. Somebody I sidetrack you. I got excited. <laughs> no worries. There was someone in the U.S. and California and, and okay. it escapes me right now. <laughs> okay. And yeah. so, so Candace, Dr. Candace, I wasn't say Bergen. <laughs> Blakely. 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 I, I, my, yes. my, my mind went to Bergen. I just, that was so funny, Candace Bergen. So <laughs> she, she developed this and then thankfully she started to share that. And that's where you, you found yeah, out. About I it. discovered it in 1997. It changed my life in a matter of weeks. I was invited to do the training. I thought that was nuts. Uh, some inner voice challenged me on that decision not to do it. So I did, because I do like to know how things work, but I had no intention of becoming a practitioner of it. Just wanted to know how it worked. And now here I am 26 years later. That's part of my expertise. <laughs> wow. So that's that, that's um, quite a full spectrum of, of ways that you have um in your tool belt as it were in in your basket of goodies to share with clients and uh when you're working with them that's that's so now is this all part of um when you're talking about being a life transition mentor or is this all part of what people would typically come to you for um People typically come to me, one, because they're having some really deep relationship challenges. And it might not be with a whole lot of people, but let's say someone who's in a job where they're working with the boss from hell, right? And it's a great job, but it's really tough to go to work every day because of the dynamic. And so... I'm able to help them with that so that that wow. boss from hell doesn't get under their skin anymore. Right. Well, that's. Or, that's or great. that they find the confidence to let go of what they think is the job that has that they have to keep. Right. Right. To move on to something even much better that pays better. <laughs> right. Because when we let go of what we think we need and go for what is really best for us or serves our highest interest, things really shift, don't they? They do. So, but yeah, you go ahead. No, no, no. I I was going to say, I, but generally what, what people aren't always aware of is that, you know, because there's just this, misun there's this misunderstanding. Like if I stay angry, that gives me the power to speak up for myself and, yeah. you know, dig my heels you know, put my my line in the sand and set my boundaries and, you yes, know, yes. scare off this person who's scaring me half to death. Right. 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 And that's a huge misunderstanding that that's what's giving you power. It's actually the thing that holds you stuck and keeps you bound and glued to the very thing that you're hating. 
to mm. have to repeat and experience over and over again. Right. So, and a lot of times people think that they have to feel forgiving in order for that to happen. Totally, totally not true. That's a huge misunderstanding because Mm -hmm. forgiving is actually a decision. It's a decision that you make when you realize that the anger or the hurt or the, you know, rage or the disappointment or whatever it is that you're holding on to is hurting you because you are experiencing it in your body. Yeah. It's hurting you. It's hurting your digestion. It's hurting your body, giving you body pain. Yes. And so when you decide, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to be living in these negative emotions every day. I don't know how to let go of it. Like I can get angry again, but Every time you have a good meal, you know, this is what Thich Nhat Hanh said, you know, every time you have a good meal and you build up your strength, your anger returns all over again. So expressing it, like just uh, throwing it out there over and over again, doesn't get rid of it. Right. It's like a, it's like a, a dark energy that, that sticks like glue inside of you. And there's actually a meridian point on the body called the heart alarm point that where that anger gets stored and it stops the flow of vital energy that keeps you in a really vital, healthy, happy place. So when you actually find out how to truly let it go in a way where it's not impeding the flow of your vital life energy, things change in ways that are almost miraculous. Beautiful. Oh, I just, I wish I had an more, at least another hour to chat with you. I, I just, this is, this is <laughs> wonderful. I, I love everything that you're talking to me about it. It just, it feels freeing. It feels light. It feels beautiful. It feels healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Everything in me is going, yes, this is just glorious. I love it. And it's fun too, right? Like healing doesn't always have other- to be... Yeah, I I love that. I just I love that. Sadly, sadly, um, we're we're coming to the end of this, and I'm like, I know. I well, I'm thinking I'll probably get a hold of you again. Maybe we'll we'll have another one for sure. But um, before we go, uh, I'll let everyone know that we will have all your contact information will be in the show notes. Um, how do people, when you contact people, is it typically they will be seeing you online? I guess nowadays, that's what people are doing everywhere, right? For anyone who's local, of course, I will see them in person for anyone else who's not. Yes, I do have availability through the Zoom screen. Woohoo. Okay. Well, that sounds fabulous. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for taking the time to just share even a little bit of this incredible, joyful way that you have found uh, to help yourself and uh, and to help others. It's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, yes, I'm really healing excited can about be it. joyful. Yes, healing can be joyful. It doesn't have to be hard work. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful, Lynn. Thank you so much for being with me today. I just I really appreciate it. I 
this was a great way to start my day. I'm feeling hopeful and curious, and I want to go and Google, Google, Google everything that you show me. <laughs> so for today, um, I'm Allie. This is Find Your Joy. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Lynn. And to our thank listeners, you. thank you so much. And do look Lynn Hemmelman up and uh, find out all about all that she has to offer you, because I think this is a, a beautiful um, innovative, joyful way to get some healing and and uh, just laughter in our lives. Thanks so much, Lynn, and bye for now. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you found a piece of your joy in this episode, I would love to hear about what came up for you so that we can continue to grow the impact of this show. Thanks again. See you soon. And remember, find your joy.